Welcome to Getting Credit, a podcast focusing on financial markets, corporate credit, and timely insights from Pacific Funds. Here's your host, Dominic Nolan, CEO of Pacific Asset Management, the sub-advisor for the Pacific Funds Fixed Income Strategies. Hello, and welcome to number 48. In the next 10 minutes, we'll do a brief recap of market performance in October, the Fed's latest signaling, U.S. economic health, and opportunities in fixed income. And as always, finish with a personal reflection. Let's begin. Starting with market performance in October, we had a pretty big rally in equities, and fixed income continued to have pressure as rates increased. The S&P 500 was up over 8%, still down almost 18% for the year. The tech-heavy Russell 1000 growth index was up 6% in October, but down 26% for the year. Russell 2000 value was the standout, up over 12% in the month of October, and down about 11% for the year. So traditional and smaller market cap businesses are performing substantially better than the tech-heavy indices. Internationally, the MSCI World Index is underperforming the S&P, up about 5% in October, and down 23% for the year. All right, let's shift over to fixed income. The Bloomberg Barclays U.S. Aggregate Bond Index was down 1.3% for the month of October as the 10-year Treasury climbed up to 4.07%. Now, it's crazy as the 10-year Treasury was at 1.6% a year ago, so it has more than doubled in yield since then. For the year, the ag is down almost 16%. Mind you, the worst year on record is down about 3% gives you a sense of how brutal this year's been. When we hop over to leverage finance, high yield bonds were up 2.5% in October. For the year, high yield is down 12.5%. Floating rate loans, again the standout, they were up 85 basis points in October and for the year down roughly 2.5%. So what's the big picture here? Well, if you have a balanced portfolio, you're most likely down... 16 to 17% this year. That's a tough year. What I did like is that we're seeing a more normal functioning market where not everything is getting ripped. And hopefully that indicates the market is stabilizing, but we'll see. Let's talk about the Fed. The FOMC meeting this week was very interesting. The Federal Reserve raised rates by 75 basis points, leaving the Fed funds target rate between three and three quarters and 4%. But it was intraday that was the interesting part. The markets rallied with the release of the policy statement, which indicated the Fed will take, quote, cumulative tightening and, quote, lags into account. So a lot of investors, including myself, had been concerned the Fed was looking too much at rearview looking data. And if they were using that to dictate forward policy, it just made us feel the Fed was surely going to overshoot. So acknowledging that they would take into account things that are lagging it felt the Fed should get to neutral much quicker. So the markets viewed this as a dovish tilt, and thus equities began to rally. Also, at the start of the press conference, Chair Powell, he indicated that the downshift could come, quote, as soon as the next meeting. It was right here the markets peaked, as Chair Powell then turned hawkish. So he noted the terminal rate may be higher than what the Fed's dot plot had been at their previous meeting. So that indicates that 5% may not be enough. Also, Chair Powell indicated a pause is not really in the cards right now. 
And that's when the market really sold off. So my conclusion is that the Fed could slow the rate hike pace next month, which is dovish, but there's no sign that a pause is coming as the terminal rate is expected to be higher. So the markets are now digesting the Fed will likely continue raising rates beyond what the market expected a week ago. So where does that leave us? Base case now is a 50 basis point hike in December, 50 in February, and 25 in March. That would take Fed funds to 5% to 5 and a quarter. Mind you, a week or two ago, the market was feeling a 25 basis point hike in February and a pause. So we've moved to 50 in February and 25 in March and a pause at five and a quarter. Again, we'll see. Let's shift to the health of the economy. Fourth quarter growth right now is tracking above 2%. So that's according to the Atlanta Fed's GDP now. And we do have the holidays coming in. Q3 growth on the advanced estimate side came in at 2.6%, which means for the year, we are positive as an economy. So remember, Q1 real GDP was negative 1.6. Q2 was negative 0.6. Q3 was 2.6. So the expectation is that overall real GDP will be slightly positive this year. I do want to look through to what's happening today. And what is clear is that the consumer is slowing down. And this is according to daily credit card data from Bank of America. And for context, I would say spending has been up across the board relative to three years ago, so pre-COVID, except for one category, it's department stores. The department store secular shift is still very much in play, and their spending is down about 5% relative to three years ago. And mind you, there's been a lot of inflation since then. So what is down relative to one year ago? Spending on clothing, down about 10%. Furniture, down 15 Home improvement, down 3 Online electronics, down about 15 You know, the furniture and home improvement side, I think very much a reflection of the housing slowdown. But you are seeing other consumer discretionary elements slow down substantially. What is up over a year ago? Airline spending is up 30%. Again, travel has picked up substantially relative to a year ago. Gasoline up about 10. That is just an inflation element, in my opinion. Lodging is up 8. Restaurant spending up 4. At the same time, though, all of these sectors have slowed in recent months. So when I think about this broad picture, it tells me that we're probably not in a recession today, but most likely heading into one. I'll finish the economic color with one more item, used cars. Used car prices have been coming down rapidly. Now, if you remember at the beginning of the year, there's a lot of articles on the difficulty of obtaining a used car or the prices folks had to pay. Prices have come down about 15% from their all-time high in January, but they're still above pre-COVID levels. Leading the way, pickups and compacts are holding up best, while sedans and luxury cars have weakened. Another bit of data, the average new car loan payment is about $660, and the average used car loan payment is about $515. Now let's go back over to the capital markets and look at credit, in particular where yields are and where prices are. I began getting constructive on credit in July, and I still maintain that view. Let me give a snapshot of yields as we speak. The aggregate index yield right now is above 5%. It's 5.01. This was an index that was yielding 1% not that long ago. When you look through to investment grade corporates, yields are close to 6%, and average yields of triple B bonds are over 6%. 
the average price of an investment grade corporate bond is around $85, so 15 points below par. Again, attractive yields in my opinion on the investment grade side. Yields on US high yield bonds are currently over 9% as of a couple days ago. The average price of a high yield bond is about $85. Floating rate loans, an asset class that has been the standout performer this year, by standout meaning just down a couple of percent, has yields close to 10%, and depending on what the central bank does, could be over 10%. You know, the thing that's been great about that asset class is last month, the performance of loans was positive and the yields went higher. So you're seeing yields go up because the Fed has been raising aggressively. And this is one of the few debt asset classes where you can have positive returns and an increase in yields. Average price of loans right now, about $91. So almost all of the debt in the markets are trading below par, but we have yields on high grade that is in the mid single digits. And in leverage finance, you're seeing yields in the high single digits to low double digits. I expect to remain constructive on credit, and I think a lot of bad news has been priced in. So I haven't changed my tune, and I don't expect to in the near future. So I want to conclude this podcast with a bit of important news for our investment team. About 10 days ago, our parent company, Pacific Life, signed an agreement to sell Pacific Asset Management to a new business partner. The Pacific Asset Management team and our new business partner, Aristotle Capital Management, have a distinct and shared set of values and objectives that I believe are a great fit for the business long term. We stuck to these values all the way through this transaction. So the saying we have on our holiday gifts that we'll be sending out to partners is, quote, choice, not chance, determines your destiny. And to partner with Aristotle, that was our choice. I'm proud of that choice and could not be happier about it. I'll leave you with that. Happy holidays and stay tuned. The views in this commentary are as of the date recorded and are presented for informational purposes only. These views should not be construed as investment advice, an endorsement of any security mutual fund, sector, or index, or to predict performance of any investment. The opinions expressed herein are subject to change without notice as market and other conditions warrant. Any performance data quoted represents past performance which does not guarantee future results. Any forward-looking statements are not guaranteed. All material is compiled from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. All third-party trademarks referenced belong to respective owners. Pacific Funds and Pacific Asset Management LLC are registered service marks of Pacific Life Insurance Company. Pacific Life Insurance Company is the administrator for Pacific Funds. It is not a fiduciary and therefore does not give advice or make recommendations regarding insurance or investment profit.